Small fleet carriers navigate market volatility. Google invests in logistics in Africa. And new technologies help the financial side of trucking. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories, as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the Group Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Schneider, whose dedicated service offers you consistent, reliable capacity while providing the flexibility to grow with the demands of your business. To find out how dedicated solves your shipping challenges, head over to schneider.com dedicated. As usual, our DC Velocity Senior Editors Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham will be along to provide their insights into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, as the trucking industry continues to ride out the uncertain economy, it puts pressures on small fleet carriers to steer carefully to adjust to the volatility. What steps can they take to assure that they survive? To find out, here is Ben with today's guest. Ben? Thank you, Dan. Uh, research shows that independent and small carriers are leaving the trucking industry at historically high rates. There are many reasons for that. And our guest here today is uh, going to talk about the balance between small fleet operations and larger carrier organizations and how changes in that balance can help the industry handle its changing conditions and eventually the next freight boom. Uh, to help us understand that and walk through it, we have Mark Ford, and he is the Chief Capacity Officer at Blue Grace Logistics. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me. Uh, Mark, first to get us off, maybe you could just tell us what role Blue Grace plays in the industry. I know you guys are a, a 3PL, uh, but that term can have a lot of different meanings. Yeah, that's correct. You know, 3PL is a pretty broad term, and you know, just like any other 3PLs, we offer a wide range of logistics services. What really sets Blue Grace apart, though, is our ability to uh, excel in what we call managed slash outsourced logistics. And, you know, that the meaning of that is, you know, companies come to Blue Grace to handle all of their transportation needs. You know, our foundation started off on the LTL side of the business, but, you know, back in late 2016 uh, slash early 2017, uh, we made a massive investment to build out our truckload capabilities. And that really accelerated our growth in, in that area. Well, that's good timing because uh, things have been a, a little interesting these last couple of years. So uh, you, you say that you've seen uh, particularly an accelerated decline in the number of owner operators uh, in the last just three or four months as these smaller trucking firms are affected by really uncertain and volatile market conditions. What, what makes it so hard for those little guys to stay in business? Yeah, I think first it's important to really kind of separate and differentiate you know, owner operator is basically a classification and then you have obviously a driver. But, you know, what what really kind of makes it hard for owner operators, the classification to succeed um, during, you know, volatile conditions like we're experiencing is really scale and, you know, I would consider lack of diversification. So just in, like any other business, you know, volume plays a big part in some of, you know, the operational uh, necessities and costs, you know, to keep a truck on the road, you know, like fuel discounts, insurance costs, maintenance. And uh, it's hard for an owner operator to keep up, you know, when, you know, rates start kind of contracting. And 
during market cool downs or even just leveling off in markets, customers kind of, you know, they they shift and, and try to condense the overall number of, of carriers slash service providers they deal with. Uh, and, and I think that that's what you're kind of seeing today. I know that we've had a historically tight, uh, you know, conditions in the capacity in the trucking sector, um, that particularly through COVID, of course, uh, and, and whether we're seeing a, a cool down or a leveling off or a, uh, you know, return to the mean or something, um, that, that there's definitely that sort of trend uh, that, that we've been seeing. So for those um, smaller fleets uh, who are really struggling with some of the costs that you mentioned, um, what, where are they going? Are they leaving the industry entirely? Um, I guess they could be retiring or finding a new type of work, or do you have a feeling for that? Yeah, I, I'm sure we're losing some, um, but I think the data is suggesting, and it's this happens every time you know the markets fluctuate the way that they're fluctuating now, but the data is telling us really at the, that the drivers are shifting back to larger asset carriers. Uh, so I don't think they're technically leaving yet, um, you know, I think they're, it, it makes it easier for them to stay, you know, uh, to stay active when, you know, they're, they're with, you know, someone that has more access and can offer more diversification and services, but the market's all ultimately going to dictate that. So, you know, as the markets, you know, are hot, it makes it more attractive for, you know, owner operators to, you know, stay on the road and to, to be their own boss. Um, you know, when they cool down, you know, some of you know, they're professional drivers. And so I think, you know, first and foremost, they want to try to figure out a way to, you know, to, to stay in the business that they're in. And, and I think the best way that, you know, when the, when the market cools down, they start attaching themselves to more of the asset base carriers, the larger ones. Got it. That makes sense. Well, I, I think the market overall will be Glad to see that, um, you know, that there, there's a lot of pain about um, about driver shortages, whether that's an overall sort of demographic condition or whether it's a shortage um, of people willing to take, you know, jobs at, at a certain salary. Um, either way, uh, you know, that that's it's good to see them staying in the arena there for sure. Um, the, the, the trends that we're talking about are a big deal, particularly with the smaller fleets, however, uh, because statistics show uh, from different varieties that something like 80% of U.S. trucking companies are those smaller fleets. So what are the implications as we're seeing that kind of change that you mentioned if they're migrating to the larger asset-based companies? Yeah, I think when you look at that that percentage that that you just mentioned there, I mean that's pretty that's held pretty consistent over the years. The vast majority of carriers uh, that operate have always been in that you know less than five, less than ten truck, you know capacity. Um, but the basic you know concept of supply and demand it exists in our industry you know as well as it does obviously in others, uh, and you know it it's funny because our our you know the logistics market is probably one of the most self-correcting markets that you'll see out there. You know, I mentioned when the market heats up, you know, more capacity is needed. Uh, and therefore, you know, usually rates are more indicative to, you know, entice drivers to go try to be their own boss and, and, and to become owner operators. And you mentioned, a, a, you know, the driver capacity uh, or a driver shortage. But we've been talking about driver shortage the entire time I've been in this industry. And, you know, I've been in here for 25 years. Uh, 
And so, and so yeah. when you start looking at that, you know, you know, it wasn't long ago we were talking about driver shortages and capacity and its impact on, you know, the supply chain and the efficiencies of supply chain overall. And now you're hearing, you know, words out there that would suggest the exact opposite, like the great purge. Uh, and, and so kind of, you know, well, which one is it, you know? And so I think it, it, you know, it just, it fluctuates up and down. And I think, you know, obviously as an industry overall, if we don't make it more attractive and we don't make it easier for, uh, you know, for our truck drivers, you know, it, it just makes it less attractive for them to do, to want to, you know, stay in the industry when they have other options. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, the impact, you know, you never like to see people leave the industry. Um, that doesn't benefit anybody. You know, we, we want, you know, we want people to want to stay in here and we need truck drivers. Trust me, I, I respect, you know, that occupation as a whole, because I know personally that I couldn't do it. Uh, and and yeah. so, you I know, know um, I'm right with you there. But, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> it's yeah. tough, man. It's, yeah. it's not an easy job. And, you know, and I respect that. And, you know, and so I think, you know, we put a lot of focus on how do we, how do we make it easier for, you know, for the, for the truck drivers out there to do business with us? And how do we make it, you know, um, you know, more attractive as a whole, as an industry as a whole, not just us. I mean, you know, we can't be the only company doing it and we're not. And, uh, but yeah, I think that the focus has to be, you know, back on how do we make this, you know, an, an easier and more attractive, you know, profession for them to want to to continue to stay in it. Yeah, that that, that this is that's a great line because then it really kind of leads into to the next question that I had in mind for you um, is talking about what solutions there are available. Um, I, either you know to help small fleet carriers navigate market volatility, or or else I guess on on the other side of that coin to stay in the in the business anyway with the larger guys. But uh, but what can be done to 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 you know honor that the difficult job that we were just discussing and and uh, keep them coming back. Yeah, I, I always go back to the whole, you know, it's, you know, people like to buy from people they enjoy, you know, doing business with. And I think first and foremost, you know, you know the, the, the right customers, you know, finding the right customers and logistics companies to partner with, because it was really attractive over the last, say, you know, uh, 18 months for an owner operator to chase the market, to go out there and say, oh, this load's paying the most money let me go take it. You know, this load's paying the most money, you know, let me go take that load. Um, but the, that doesn't benefit when mark, when markets start leveling off, then, you know, it, it becomes who you have a relationship with. I'm willing to pay a carrier more money. That's dependable. I'm willing to pay a carrier more money. That's easy to do business with. And I know it, you know, carriers will, take more business from me if I prioritize them and, and vice versa. And, you know, for us, we've established, you know, relationships with carriers of various sizes, you know, and we do business with a lot of owner operators and we do consistent business with a lot of owner operators. And I think, you know, when, you know, when the markets tend to shift, as long as you could sit down and have a discussion with them one way or the other saying, you know, hey, this is what the market's doing. And you come to an agreement of, you know, what is a, you know, a, a an agreeable kind of rate, uh, regardless if you have to lower it or you have to, you know, in, in times where capacity is not as you know, readily available, if you have to raise the rate, um, you know, the, that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, we talk about the ease of doing business with, um, you know, our, our customers demand information and, 
you know, for a, for a carrier, regardless if you're an owner operator or you're a large fleet, having access to that information, whether it's tracking information, whether it's, you know, easily able to, you know, transfer documents and uh, back and forth and, and all that is just a, adopt, you know, the, the technologies that are readily available and that people are requiring, you know, in order to do business here. And the more you push back on that, the more people are going to push back and potentially not give you the opportunity to do uh, business and continue to do business with them. So those are the two biggest things. I don't think there's really any groundbreaking technology that's, that's out there that's going to drastically improve, um, you know, a carrier's ability to stay in business. Um, I think it's more along the lines of the, just the stuff that people require nowadays just to do business, just to transact on, on business. And I think that's the biggest thing because you would, you'd be surprised at how many, you know, carriers are out there that, that don't, you know, and even how many 3PLs out there that don't embrace technology. And, uh, you know, everyone's looking for a way to become more efficient and, you know, and it, it, it bodes well for the carriers that are willing to adopt to those technologies. Got it. Got it. Really interesting stuff. Uh, Mark, we, we appreciate uh, your having uh, spent some time with us today and, uh, and help explain some of these uh, extraordinary market conditions that we're all living through. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, so today we've had our guest on the podcast was Mark Ford. Uh, again, he was he is uh, the chief capacity officer at Blue Grace Logistics. Uh, back to you, Dave. Thank you, Mark and Ben. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. And Victoria, you wrote recently that Google has just made some additional investments in logistics companies in Africa. Can you share some details on why they're making these investments? Sure, happy to. Um, so Google announced about a year ago that it was forming an investment fund to help support and develop business in Africa. And as you say, the logistics industry is one of the most recent beneficiaries of that project. The tech giant has invested in a Kenya-based company called Lori Systems, which provides trucking and logistics services across the continent. Uh, the company's technology platform essentially helps shippers more efficiently manage their cargo operations and transportation. Google has contributed an undisclosed sum as part of the startup's most recent funding round. Lori Systems was founded in 2017 and has, has grown to help thousands of shippers and carriers move they say more than $10 billion worth of cargo across the continent. This is the third investment Google has made from its $50 million Africa investment fund, which the company launched last October to support local startups. The fund is part of a larger Google initiative to invest a billion dollars over the next five years in technology-based initiatives across the continent. So it's larger than just logistics, but um, you know their goal is to invest and support and develop business uh, in this largely untapped region. Victoria, did Google elaborate on its interest in logistics specifically? Uh, yeah, so as a little bit. As a technology company, Google is focused on digitization projects and their potential to drive what they describe as meaningful economic development in Africa. And they essentially view Lori Systems and its e-logistics platform as an example of that. Um, in talking about their mission, the leaders at Lori Systems point out that logistics companies face you know, a variety of business obstacles in Africa, including fragmented supply and demand markets, inconsistent pricing, paper-based documentation processes, and little or no access to financing. 
What Lori's Systems does, they say, is it help ease those pain points by connecting shippers to transportation and digitizing their supply chain operations. So again, the company is an example of how technology is helping to improve business in the region. And again, it, it falls in line with, uh, with Google's larger mission. Yes, it will be interesting to see how African logistics, I think, grows in the future. Thanks, Victoria. You're welcome. And Ben, you wrote this week about new technologies that help the financial side of the trucking industry. Could you share more? Yeah, glad to. And uh, this dovetails a bit into our previous discussion with our guest. Uh, I know he had mentioned a lot of the costs of trucking, fuel discounts, insurance costs, maintenance, this kind of thing. Um, you know, in the magazine here, we read a lot about the technology and digitalization of logistics. But most of the time that has to do with the operations, like the specific process of moving freight. Uh, and in the transportation sector lately, that's had to do with things like digital freight matching applications and application programming interfaces, APIs and things. Uh, but again, back to that financial side, that's really sort of where the, the you know, the, the nuts and bolts. But fortunately, there have been startups and investors, uh, you know, who've been working on uh, that, that side that's a little bit less visible. Um, I know we don't have many accountants or bankers probably listening to the podcast today, so I don't want to make anyone's eyes glaze over talking about finances, but this is important stuff because this is how truckers pay for those things that we mentioned, the fuel, the insurance, the maintenance. Um, it's also how truckers get paid themselves because even once they deliver a load, uh, they often don't get paid immediately. They might get paper checks, for example, uh, and you know, there's been a whole part of the industry for a long time called factoring that exists as a middleman to speed that part of the process up. Uh, but there's still a lot of improvement that could be made. And proponents say that improving the financial side of the trucking business uh, could also help to speed up uh, those transactions and contribute to breaking up some of the log jams and the supply chain delays uh, that we've all felt some pain points about during the pandemic and the recovery. Right. Ben, do you have any specific examples of how some of these new technologies in this area will play out? Um, yeah, great question. Uh, so that there, there are some pre-existing options, uh, as I've seen, but also, uh, you know, there's been a lot of investor investment money uh, flowing into this area uh, just lately. Um, so we can talk about what some of those new startups are doing, uh, because obviously they have a, a vision for how to uh, accelerate these processes. There's one that was just last week. There's a San Francisco startup called A to B, and they got 155 million dollars in venture capital. That's a lot of money for any company, but particularly for a two-year-old startup. And these guys make a software platform that modernizes trucking industry financial transactions uh, through things like uh, their, their no-fee fleet cards, their instant direct deposit payroll, their access to online bank accounts. Uh, so the firm's co-founder, uh, whose name is uh, Vignan Velivala, said that truck operators and drivers uh, have long lacked some of the basic financial services that most other businesses in different sectors take for granted. Uh, he said truck drivers and fleet owners rely on uh, under-regulated, sometimes exploitative fuel cards, uh, which come with limited networks or expensive fees. They can also lack access to low-cost capital for maintenance. And they're sometimes paid, as I mentioned before, in outdated ways like hard copy checks, which takes a long time to uh, follow through. Uh, we all know from when you uh, there's clearance time after you put that into your bank account. Uh, earlier this year, another example uh, we saw a Nebraska-based 
tech startup called Basic Block, and they raised $78 million. Uh, that had to do with the freight factoring, uh, as we mentioned before, which pays truck drivers more quickly for their loads. Uh, and around the same time, um, at, at, I think at the very end of 2021, uh, another startup uh, called Relay Payments, uh, that's also venture-backed, they had launched a product to modernize the payment processes for LTL, less than truckload uh, trucking fleets, many of whom are, as we said, still heavily reliant on those you know, cash and, and on those paper checks to conduct their day-to-day -day business. Uh, a fourth example even uh, was Cloud Trucks. Uh, they raised $115 million at the end of 2021. Uh, for a platform that helps truckers more efficiently manage their businesses. Uh, so, you know, lots of options, um, you know, and, and people smarter than I am are, are seeing opportunities there and investments uh, to, to try to streamline uh, some of those difficult parts of the business. Yeah, certainly seems that way. Thanks, Ben, for that information. Yep, glad to. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. And also check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. And our thanks again to Mark Ford of Blue Grace Logistics for being our guest today. We welcome your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. And speaking of subscribing, we encourage you to check out our sister podcast series, Supply Chain in the Fast Lane. It's co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. Subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Logistics Matters. It was brought to you by Schneider. Schneider Dedicated helps you take control of your supply chain with reliable, consistent capacity. To find out how Dedicated solves your shipping challenges, head over to schneider.com slash dedicated. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters, so be sure to join us. Until then, stay safe and have a great week.